0: Hello Tile Friends, welcome back to another episode of Tile Money, the podcast where we discuss the business of being a tile contractor. My name is Luke Miller, your host. I am a licensed tile contractor myself in the state of California, and Tile Money is brought to you by the National Tile Contractors Association. It is our hope that by listening to this podcast, you're strengthened and encouraged to run uh, better profitable businesses out there show a profit know your worth build the type of business that is right for you build the type of business that improves your life as well as the communities around you and the only way you can do this is not only putting out the best work that you know you can do but also showing a profit friends so in that regards i have another interview for you today uh... Amos Reimert, and he's built a profitable, sustainable tile installation business in the state of Florida of all places. So I know Florida gets a bad rap and no doubt uh, for a reason, I'm sure. (laughs) But here we have Amos who's built a great business in that state. He is a CTI number 852. He takes tile very serious and he uh, specializes in residential remodels. You can follow his work at custom tile installation on Instagram. So I know you're going to enjoy today's episode. We talk about some of the entrepreneurial, creative ways he's come up with over the years to stay in business. At the end of this uh, interview, we have the Tile Money Tips. This is, of course, sponsored by Laidacrete International. Ron and I, excuse me, Ron Nash and I have been discussing negotiation tactics. This is tick, <laughs> excuse me, this is tip six, part B. So... If you miss part A, you're going to want to listen to the Dirk Sullivan episode interview, and that's where you'll catch 6A. So we're going to continue our discussion on negotiation tactics in this this tile money tip. So without further ado, friends, uh, enjoy today's interview with Amos Reimer all right tile friends here we are at coverings and i've got another great interview with amos Reimer. and amos has a tile installation company here in florida amos thank you for sitting down can you introduce yourself and your
1: tile business yes my name is amos reimer Uh, i have been installing tile for approximately 20 years i started in 1999 at the uh ripe age of 14 and a half I wow. believe I was. Wow. Wow. <laughs> and here I am all these years later, still doing it and uh, I enjoy it. I enjoy yeah. it for the most, most part. Obviously there's parts like any job demo sometimes isn't the funnest, yeah. but overall I do enjoy it.
0: Nice.
1: Well, thank you for sharing that. What was interesting is uh, most 14 year olds
0: get started with their dad or uncle or mom. You went out on your own and found the
1: tile industry. That's crazy. <laughs> Well, it was a kind of a friend of the family, okay, and he needed some help, okay. So I think he, if I remember right, he called my mom. It was during the summer, and was like, "Hey, do you think he'd be willing to help me out?" And I was yeah. like, "Sure." Nice. Yeah. <laughs> right. So I started there making four bucks an hour, making money. Yeah. <laughs> at, at that age, it was to me any money was better than no. for sure. For so, sure. and something new <laughs> and interesting. What kind of hobbies do you have today? What are you into? Um, Well, when I'm not doing tile, which I do a lot, sometimes six days a week, just because I I, I do stay busy, thankfully. Um, But I do like tinkering on. I got an old truck I like to work on, uh, go-karts for the kids. Um, I like inventing stuff so coming up with ideas for different products like that so and then also the things with the family i love spending time with them Um, but when i do have time i like tinkering making something and you have three kids is that right i do have three kids so i have uh, two boys and then a daughter nice and your wife is in college so here we
0: you know amos is supporting his wife and his family all through being a tile contractor
1: what's that business look like today Uh, what do you specialize in any employees um, so right now, no employees, it's just me. Nice. Um, and I do, I, I like to focus on my ideal job is a bathroom renovation, uh, from start to finish. Would okay. Be my perfect job. Yeah. <laughs> we'll say that. Nice. Um, but I, I do work, do work for contractors. Um, and most of those are bathrooms. Okay. Um, I, I will do large floors. They're not my favorite. Yeah. Um, but you get me in a nice shower, and that's, that's kind of my happy. spot That's going. your zone. Nice. Yes. Nice. Yeah, that's similar to my business, um, believe it or not. What obstacles have you had along the way that you had to overcome in your business? Um, I mean, I would say the biggest for me personally, I, I, I honestly never struggled with getting work. Okay. I, I always i have been very fortunate because um, when I did work for several guys, I did side jobs, Yeah. Um, so my name did get out there and I always had people calling me for, yeah. you know, even if it was just a little weekend job. Yeah. So when I did go out on my own, I was very blessed and fortunate to always have work, yeah. something. Yeah. Maybe not always the ideal job, but I always had something to yeah. do. Um, but for me, and it's still something I think, you know, I myself struggle with and I know a lot of other guys do, is time management. Okay. Um, just not even getting the jobs done, but just saying yes yeah. too much. I know it's very easy. Um, and when things were rough, I felt like I had to. Yeah. You know, when, when when the economy was slow, any job that came my way, I was basically, I'll do it. Yeah. I'll figure out a way to make it happen. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, you're very creative.
0: I like I like the way you approach things. You were telling me a story about how you got insurance um to to be a contractor
1: Yeah. so when i first decided to go out on my own i had started getting some jobs and i did not have general liability (laughs) yeah and uh there was a particular job that i was on and i started to freak out a little bit because i was afraid that a the contractor would find out and b that i could you know legally get in trouble yeah um so and i didn't have enough money to go buy insurance I just didn't. I you had, just didn't have the cash. No, I was kind of broke. It yeah. was 2011 or 12, if I remember correctly. Yeah. So my solution to the problem was, um, is I had a credit card from Sears, so I went and bought an eighteen hundred dollar TV. Uh, it was a nice TV, but it was eighteen hundred dollar TV, and I went and pawned it for I think it was five or six hundred dollars. Yeah. And I took that money and then went and purchased insurance <laughs> for my business so that I could be legal and, you know, and not yeah. be so scared doing this job. Wow. <laughs> and then, uh, but after the job was completed, I did have the funds and the money to go get the TV out of. Uh, yeah. You, the you had You a plan. Of, yes. you had a plan. <laughs> that's yeah, great. I wasn't going to lose <laughs> $1,200. Yeah, interest. Yeah. Wow. So so I did do that. But Oh, yeah. oh I see. I see. Yeah. yeah. So, but, but, you know, that's what I had to do. Yeah at that time to make things work. I love that and it shows your integrity too because
0: we all all go through phases of where, you know, we're growing and and we have a lot of pains and things but when we start to realize like, oh, hey, I was doing that wrong or I need to do this to, to get to the next level. Your integrity shines because it's like, well, I'm just going to make it happen. I'm yes. going to start thinking outside the box. Yep. I love that. How do you market your business? Do you, do you have to advertise,
1: or what are you doing oh. down here in Florida? I know there's a <laughs> yeah. pretty competitive market. Well, I know, you know, for the most part, when people think of Florida, yeah, they kind of think of, you know, the armpit of the tile industry. Yeah, you know, it, it's 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 sounds like a really rough market. Yeah. Um, and once again, I've been very blessed to work for good contractors. Um, and then also, um, a lot of all my business comes from word of mouth. Yeah, I have done some avenues of uh, online advertising. I did some stuff with House that okay. didn't really work out for me. Okay. Um, and so even today, I still stay plenty busy, yeah. just word of mouth. So advertising isn't on the forefront of yeah. my mind. I know at some point I should, you know, like Lucas talked about, get a website. Yeah. Um, and get you know just because it's good to have there's nothing wrong with it so like I said for me word of mouth is and then the tile store I do a lot of work with. they give out a lot of referrals oh that's great so yeah having that reputation
0: and and when you're when you're by yourself you know that that can work really well because it's you you really just need one job at a time and even if there's a little break in between you probably you know don't mind especially in these busy years no um Sometimes
1: but, I wish there was more.
0: Yeah, right, on, right on, Well, I'm happy to hear that. And yes. Congratulations. Oh, thank you. Um, you know, when the time comes to expand, you're going to have that reputation behind you. But you're also going to now have advertising dollars or marketing dollars or your website. You know, you're going to figure it out. That's great. So how are you selling that value? Because I, I'm sure there's guys who come in at half or, you know, half your price or less. I mean, I, I hear horror stories about the, the square foot prices down here. And I know you're not doing that. So how do you sell the value that you bring to your client
1: customers? Um, I would say the, you know, obviously if I'm referred, it's coming on them knowing my reputation. Um, and I try to obviously do the best job that I can.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, I try to use high quality materials. Okay. Um, I try to use a system. Yeah. Um, so a lot of times I'm just portraying that to them. Okay. That, you know, my number one goal is, yes, make money at the end of the job, but really, when I'm on a job, I, I mean, not, not that I'll spend anything to get the job done, but I'll spend extra money to get the job done. Yeah. I don't, it, 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 at that point, it's not a problem to no, me. No. You know, even if I'm, you know, it's got to spend a few more hundred dollars to make it right, no. I would rather do that and not bill for it no. than end up with a less goal. Okay. Just because that's the way I believe You're going to sure make it right. Yeah. yeah. So, um, and, I, and I, you know, I try to convey to them that I'm going to do things the right way. Yeah. Follow industry standards. Um, and and use the correct products. And, and, you know, at the end, give them products that's going to last the test of time versus just slap it up, get my money, and and, and be gone. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, and I've had very good success to where, you know, even somebody that doesn't know anything about, well, especially somebody that has a leaking shower, Yeah. if I come in there and, you know, explain to them what's going on Yeah. um, and then tear the shower out and they see with their own eyes that, you know, I was making a a good judgment call on what was done incorrectly. Right. You know, that right off the bat helps out a lot to where you're not just coming there and spewing a bunch of baloney. So you're communicating throughout the process. Yes. You know, in the beginning, you're, you're, you know, you're diagnosing the problem.
0: You're -hmm. letting them know. And then you're like, hey, look, I was right, you know, or whatever. Well,
1: and I I did a job earlier this year. It was a shower pan. And, you know, I went out there and looked at it. And I, I told the lady, I wasn't sure. It was, a, it was a very weird scenario, the shower pan was actually uh, coming up. Okay. I had never seen one do that before. And I told her my best guess what I thought was going on and, and I gave her a price to repair it and she thought it was too much. Yeah. I said, I said that's okay, that's not the end of the world. Yeah. So she called, I don't know, two or three plumbers out. Yeah. None of them had any other ideas. Yeah. So she ended up calling me back and I did do the job. Even yeah. though it was more than what she thought, yeah. you know she should have paid for it or yeah. it should cost but it was all said and done you know we, we tore it up and saw what was going on yeah. um she saw that i was kind of on the right track yeah. i didn't know for sure but she you know she was glad to pay the money that i had so she she ended up seeing the value she yeah. did see the value yeah. because right. when it was all said and done she had a shower that functioned correctly yeah and solved the problem that yeah. she had Sounds like you've been um, on your own, your business,
0: about ten years. Did I, did I catch that right? About nine, eight, nine years.
1: Yeah. So um, even after I started, you know, my own business and was doing my own thing, I still did work for a guy occasionally. Okay. Just for filling. Because yeah. I wasn't. Uh, you know immediately right off the bat i had work but sometimes it wasn't enough so i I had a few guys over the years that i would do some work for sure um that sounds smart yeah i did i did some work for a few stores yeah um realized that's what i didn't like working directly for the store okay Um, if you could go back in time and give yourself like one solid
0: piece of advice that you you feel would have maybe accelerated your growth in the business what
1: would that be I don't know. I mean, I look back early in my career, and it's when I think about it too much, it still bothers me. The mistakes, uh, just the incorrect methods mm-hmm. that I used to, you know, that we used. It, yeah. it was just um, so. I would say, to me, one of the biggest is even outside of pricing, because this doesn't come first. You can't get your pricing right, um, and you're not going to make the kind of money you yeah. want. But yeah. it's to, to to make sure that you're using the correct methods, nice. You know that yeah. you're not just throwing some stuff in a shower because you think it's going to work or because yeah. it's been done that way for 20 years. Yeah. Um, and that was one of the mistakes I had for the guy that I worked for. Is we did what everybody else did. Yeah. We didn't take the time to do research to look at the NTCA standards. Yeah. It was just kind of this is what the contractors expect. Right. This is what they're used to. So let's just keep doing this. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, there's been several contractors that, you know, did stuff that way. Yeah. And I do work for now that yeah. I, you know, I, I had to uh, educate them basically on why I was changing the way I was doing something yeah. and why I was going to cost more. Yeah. And, you know, I can say um, there are several of them that, that, you know, I still do work for. And that's what they expect now yeah. because I changed the way they looked at it versus everybody else was just cement board mastic okay and that was okay nice but so you came in as the professional and said hey here's why i do things different here's what it is yes here's the book here's the regulations and and i think you know you obviously got to be gentle the way you do it yeah Um, but a lot of them appreciate that yeah because you know an average contractor they're busy yeah they're most likely not going to take the time to go educate themselves Yeah. On you know NTCa standards, yeah. they're just not. They don't have the time. They're trying to make money. Same yeah. thing you're trying to do. Yeah. Um, but it's well, very the contractor easy. relies on his subcontractors to yes. be the professional.
0: I think that's I think that's one of the reoccurring themes. To be honest, of the last two days, I've been having conversations, um, and the successful contractors I've been talking to. That's one of the reoccurring themes
1: is they stand out as the professional, not just the guy that shows up with a trawl ready to work. Yeah, I, I um, think. To know your industry, yeah, you know, because it not even you know even to the homeowner, yeah, you're going to come off more professional, yeah, um, and then even to the contractor, yeah. where you know they know that hey, I can call this guy because he's up to date on industry standards, n- newer products, yeah, and he might have the answer to a problem that I have, yeah. Um, so I I definitely think that's key is to. To you know, know your industry basically, yeah. and be the like you said, be the professional yeah. in your industry, to yeah. where they know that if, hey, if, if I know that if this guy's coming to my job, yeah. he, he's going to do a correct installation, and, and you know he he's going to follow industry standards and practices. Yeah. yeah. So I think that's key.
0: Yeah, I think so too, Amos, and I appreciate that. Uh, are you a book reader? Do you read business books? Any any recommendations or, or podcasts? Um, well, I listen to all money. Oh, right on. <laughs> Thank
1: you. <laughs> um, I'm not a huge reader. I've, I've gotten to where I need to read more just because okay. it, it's... It could it be, be hard, yeah. Well, with Three kids. Yeah, it's, it's definitely finding the time to do it. Yeah. Um, but I do have uh, Sean Van Dyke's book that nice. I got off Amazon, Profit, Profit First. First. Or contract. contract. Um, and that's one I'm working on. Good. Um, yeah. And then I've read... Um, I guess the actual last book I actually completed was, uh, I think it was Dave Ramsey's Entree Leadership. Okay. Which was a good one, just kind of an overall business look. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I definitely feel like I need to up my reading game. <laughs> yeah, don't we all? <laughs> we can't all be uh, like
0: uh, some, some some bookworms, right?
1: Well, for I, me, I, I like to listen. Yeah. Well, for yeah. me, because I put my isotunes in. Yeah. Um, so i'll throw on a tile money podcast or i got some other ones i'll listen to yeah. um, what's the, the next one on the list the modern craftsman okay yeah. I, I like that one a lot uh I mean, i'm always looking for new ones okay um but i do like the ones that kind of just get your mind active yeah. and thinking yeah um and just think outside of your normal box that's it because i think we all kind of get stuck in our little boxes and yeah. uh sometimes you get a breakout that's it Well, Derek, thank you for taking
0: the time. Um, I know you got a busy schedule here at coverings and I appreciate your time and it's been encouraging. I, I'm I'm sorry. I called you Derek Amos, (laughs) Amos threw me for a loop there. (laughs) I'm sorry, Amos. Thank you so much. It's been been a pleasure to meet you. Yeah. Yeah, Very nice. All All right. Tile friends. Did you enjoy that interview with Amos? I know I sure enjoyed getting to know him and his business. Now, I wanted to preface today's Tile Money Tip with Ron Nash. Uh, This is 6B, and so I wanted just to give a refresher on 6A. Last week, uh, Ron was discussing and helping us understand the importance of questions and getting to know our customers' problems and pain points and getting to know their viewpoint. He reminded us of uh, this quote. quote. I'll quote Ron here. Dumb is smart, and smart is dumb. And so oftentimes, friends, uh, we want to run our mouths a lot because we do know a lot about our trade and we think this is the best way to win the jobs. But more often than not, pretty much the, the best rule of thumb is to ask a few questions and shut up and let that customer talk. You will get to know them. You will get to know their issues and you can then employ the BRT method Ron talked about building relationships on trust. Because uh, when we sell them something, uh, we're really selling more than just a tile installation. And that's kind of where we left off towards the end of uh, 6A. And Ron was talking about bargaining power and why people buy. And he was talking about most people buy on the unspoken things. So he was going he's going to introduce five unspoken reasons why people buy. So friends, I hope you're enjoying these tile money tips. Uh, Please let us know if you'd like us to expand on any of these or talk about something else or continue what we're doing. Appreciate you, friends. Enjoy.
2: Yeah. Five unspoken things that people worry about. They want to make their lives easier. Right. Okay. Anything that you can do to make their lives easier can help you close big deals. I'll give you a great example. Um, I have friends in the business that have used cleaning services. I, yep. And and they partner with cleaning cleaning services, and they will literally clean the whole house for them. That's a great little thing. Cost you a couple hundred bucks. You can fold that in, make their lives easier, make you easier to do business with. Yeah, you know. The other one, they they want other people to think that they made a good choice.
3: Mm-hmm. This is
2: this is a huge bit. You know, um, this is actually a big uh, component of how Mercedes sells their expensive vehicles and mm-hmm. how high end vehicles they're. They they do the status. You've made a good choice. You're you're a smart buyer, you know. So anything you can do to help that, they want peace of mind. Yeah. Okay. I hired the right guy. I know what I'm doing. So I mean, Luke, what would you do to help people have peace of mind?
3: Yeah. You know, um, they they want to make sure you're going to treat their house right. So you talk about that. You talk about protecting. You know, their their existing furniture, their existing hardwood floors that they just got put in before they, you know, got hired the tile guy, all these little things that add up and, you know, all of a sudden, you know, it, like you said, it gives them the peace of mind.
2: Peace of mind. Also, I have to give a plug for the CTI program, yeah. you know, certified yeah. tile installers. The whole, the whole reason why you'd want to get a CTI is yeah. that it's a massive thing. Hey, I'm a certified tile installer. You know, the NTCA, National Tile Contractor Association of America, you yeah. know, has programs. We participate with those. I continue my education, those are all peace of mind that's going to put you aside, set you apart from the the hack that, you know, was a plumber and decided he wanted to get into yeah. tile too and knows yeah. nothing about it. So Yeah, Rex, be
3: the professional.
2: Perfect. Exactly. Um, they also want freedom of choice. Uh-huh. So these five things, you know, making lives easier, being competent, peace of mind. They want to be listened to. Like yep. that's one of the BRT things, man. You build relationship with trust customer's going to like you. They, 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 they're going to like you because you're listening. That's a big thing. But the freedom of choice thing is I find that a lot of contractors make a mistake when they just give them sort of a take it or leave it offer. This is my deal. Yeah. That's it. You know, Yeah. Uh, Yeah. I like to try to give people ways to walk into the best deal. Is there a way that you can get make them part of the selection of the price, part of the selection of the you know the freedom of doing it right? So yeah. that's a good one, freedom of choice. All right, now, I really like I really like
3: that tip. Um, that's something that I think a lot of us forget about is giving them options. You know, cor- correct. Yeah,
2: give them as many options as possible. You know, yeah. make them part of it, and then that's also very difficult for a competitor to come in and just in a linear fashion take you out. Yeah, you know, they're going to have to try to walk that same road you walked and yeah. in order to get to or they're going to put fear in the buyer's mind of saying, you know, I'm if I don't hire this guy, I might give up this. That's mm-hmm. a great position. It's a stabilizing, I would call it a stabilizing position to be in. Okay. All right, no. so let's talk about people's wants real quick. <laughs> I have 10 points of what people want. In large organizations, in large organizations estimators um mm. Project managers, those kind of things. They want to keep their job and their position, right? So they're always afraid that they're going to make a mistake in contracting that's going to make them look like buffoons, mm. always. So think about that. People want to be treated with dignity, all right. I use this as a, as a point when I talk about you know contractors getting too big for their britches, yeah, and you know. A, a backsplash job now? Oh, that's too small. We we don't even we don't even think about that. But I can tell right. you right now, I know of a guy who had a, you know, he has a business. You know he he's way too big to come do your backsplash. Yeah. But he doesn't. If somebody calls up and says, "Hey, I just want a backsplash," he will figure out a way to fold it in because yeah. the odds of that little tiny backsplash, which he doesn't really have time to do, of turning into that next big job are yeah. significantly high. Yeah. So people yeah. want to be treated with dignity, no matter how big the job is or how small the job is, treat everybody the same.
3: Yeah. And, and, and even simpler than the backsplash, return the phone call, guys. Return the phone oh, call.
2: Oh, man. <laughs> I could go off for an hour on that. Yeah. You know, yeah. There are a lot of contractors that just start getting busy and they just they just kind of go, well, I, I'm not going to return these. That yeah. is a killer to your business. You can't do that. So yeah. I could t- I could go off on that tangent, but I'm not. <laughs> All right, so the next thing is they want to be treated honorably. So mm. anything you can do in your proposal to provide transparency is a good thing. All the way up to, I do not like lists of, like I was talking before, I don't like super detailed itemized um, proposals because yeah. over time, those will become negotiation points that people will start picking off. So, yeah. but, but at the point, at the same point, I want to be transparent as possible. So you may be able to do this on a lot of different ways. You may be able to, um, <coughs> pardon me, um, expose your schedule to your customers. Yeah. Hey guys, uh, I just want you to know I'm running four jobs right now. Now people yeah. that might scare people, but at the same time, you could then deal with expectations and also increase People's feeling like this guy's a real honorable guy. He's telling me exactly what's going on. Yeah, you know that's yeah. a big thing. I I have a hundred thousand dollar remodel that I did on my house. Okay, okay? Um, massive, most money I've ever spent on a remodel ever, ever. Right. Ever, okay. Yeah, yeah. Um, but we bought this house in order to do it. Okay. Right. The the we planned on it, and I had a bunch of fear wrapped around it because it's it's a huge risk, right? Yeah. And the contractor that I got, he published the schedule and it put me at ease. I mean, it totally put me at ease. I felt like he respected me enough to say, Hey, you know what? When you come to this job on Tuesday, I will not be there. I'm going to be there on Tuesday afternoon. Yeah. All right. That happens on almost all the jobs that I've, I've been on is that there's cycles, right? You're waiting for materials or your labor is not done on another job or whatever. I will tell you that that's a major thing. If you can treat people yeah. honor- honorably and transparently, it's gonna your power's gonna go up. Yeah, yeah. Um, people want recognition. I think that's pretty clear. They want to be liked. Yeah. You, I will tell you, you it's a kiss of death in in our business. If you start disliking your customers, and listen, I know it's natural. Yeah. Everybody has a customer that they would just as soon slap in the face than go see again. Right. Everybody. Has yeah. All
3: right.
2: But I will tell you that it will be better for you if you can learn to swallow those feelings and try to like these people who ultimately are giving you money. Yeah. So it's not a bad thing. Um, These become big too. They want to avoid future troubles and aggravations. So this is where talking to people about warranty comes in. This is where talking to people about really good um, opportunities to lower their risks come in. You yeah. know, their future aggravations are always a nervousness, right? Yeah. Um, business risk, they want to avoid. They want to uh, satisfy their significant other. Yeah. Okay? Uh, I, listen, I have seen and I've had it deployed on me. The yeah. designer who did my last job, with this job I was talking about, um, she pulled me aside and said, what does your wife want? Right. What does she, what does she really want? Tell yeah. me. Yeah. And I gotta tell you it was a pretty good tactic. Later on I looked back and I was like, yeah, man, she probably not, she upgraded me to this stupid sink. She actually did upgrade me to it. So yeah. It's, it's the sink that has a um it's uh, made out of a different like a stone material. Anyway, okay. It's, okay. But, but I upgraded to it because of my work. Yeah. Yeah. Um let's see. They don't want, everybody has a fear of loss too. Mm-hmm. Um so it's important that uh that you keep that fear of loss in mind as well. I don't want to lose an offer that I have on the table, or I don't want to lose, um, you know, the position that I have, or whatever. So, so make sure that that's all right. So, really, if you think about these things, bargaining power and building bargaining power, a lot of it has to do with keeping the right mindset. Yeah, it's about doing the right thing for the customer. It's about building relationships of trust. These yeah. are all important. But here's some things you have to keep in mind. Your mindset, and this is the yeah. end of this tip. Yeah. Okay, it's important that you believe in your prices. If you don't believe in your prices, you will be weak when you deliver them, and eventually you will lose. Mm-hmm. So believe in your prices. So in order to believe in your prices, you have to work on a on a published price list. Yeah, a lot of a lot of us don't do that. Yeah. Once you publish your prices in a price list, that indicates to your customers that you have some authority in those numbers, and later you can appeal to that higher authority. We'll talk about that.
3: No, that's Um, that's a good point. I've I've heard the same thing. Having you know, once somebody sees it on paper, they're like, "Well, that's the price."
2: It's 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 legitimate. It legitimizes everything, all your work. It's like, well, he he went to the effort of writing it down. You know, (laughs) now I have tactics to get around that, but we'll talk about that in other tips. Okay. Um, also, uh, it has to be said that you also have to know what buyers to avoid.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: Okay. There are some buyers that you do want to walk away from.
3: Yeah. And, yeah.
2: and so be, have, have an aspiration level for every deal and yeah. be prepared that once that aspiration level, um, gets that, once you cross that bridge, like I'm below my aspiration level, yeah. do yourself a favor and fire that opportunity. Because some of the best jobs that you never won or you never, you, you won are the ones that you lost. You right. and You know what I mean by that?
3: Yeah, yeah. So
2: feel feel free. Always, always, always look at the blended margin on your jobs. Okay. Know that in every business, there are some things you're going to, you know, it's like a grocery store. There are some yeah. thing, the milk they don't make a lot of money on. Okay. But yeah. they have enough that they want to fill your basket. You're going to have that same situation. Um, And then always pick the right time to deliver your pricing. Okay. And what I mean by that is the largest time that you have, or the largest um, opportunity you have is to deal with a customer when they're calm, when they're ready to talk price, when they're ready to do the numbers. Okay. Right. So on jobs that are bigger, I 100% suggest that people do pricing face to face Okay, if at all possible. And yeah. I always suggest that you ask the customer, when is a convenient time to go through my final proposal? Okay. If they say at that point, no, just shoot it over. So yes, yeah, just shoot it over. Then I would try to use tactics to say, you know, there are, there are a couple of things that I want to make sure I got right, right in this proposal. So it'd be better for me if I could just sit with you for 20 minutes and go down and make sure I got everything right. And that will soften that. And then you can get with, them. if they, yeah. if your tactic would, would still be, okay, I'll go ahead and shoot it over to you. And then we'll have a meeting. Understand you're going to walk into a negotiation. Okay. Odds are right. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, and then I sense. always, I always yeah. strive to create trust in everything I do try to try to make sure that you're providing a win-win Yeah. and, and, uh, all of these things in this tip, will lower your customer's pricing sensitivity. Yeah. And as a seller, you always want to lower your customer's pricing sensitivity. And that's the biggest part of this tip today.
3: Okay. Well, we really appreciate it, Ron. Thank you for these great tips. All right. All right. Have a great day, guys.